98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Court proceedings drag on into the night for dozens of pro-democracy figures accused of subversion, while 100 stage protests in support of the activists outside and mainland officials and pro-establishment figures plan an electoral overhaul for the SAR. 47 pro-democracy figures accused of national security crimes over their involvement in LegCo primaries last year made their first court appearance at West Kowloon Court today. The proceedings have dragged on for hours with defendants fighting a prosecution bid to keep them behind bars as police continue with their investigations. The suspects are accused of intending to abuse LegCo's power by plotting to indiscriminately overturn government budgets and eventually force the chief executive to quit after gaining a majority in LegCo. Our reporter Jimmy Choi was in court. Prosecutions apply to adjourn the case for three months from now to allow time for the police to carry on with their investigation. They also requested the court not to grant bail to all of the 47 defendants in the meantime, saying there is a high chance that they may continue to carry out acts endangering national security. So prosecutors cited a decision by the Court of Final Appeal to grant bail to media tycoon Jimmy Lai over his national security charge last month, saying the threshold for granting bail for national security cases it's higher than other criminal cases. And they said that there aren't sufficient grounds for the court to believe that the defendants will not commit acts endangering national security. But most defence lawyers objected to the prosecutor's requests, with senior counsel Paul Harrods, Hector Poon and Alan Leung arguing that remanding their clients into custody for three months while they wait for the police to finish their investigation would be a serious infringement of their rights. They said in normal circumstances, police would only bring defendants to court once they have sufficient evidence to prosecute them. Hundreds of people gathered outside the court for most of the day to support the defendants. At one time, at one point, police warned the crowd that they stood to be arrested under the national security law as well after some shouted slogans from the 2019 protests. They dispersed peacefully in the early evening. Wong Yinting reports. Officers raised the purple warning flag, warning of potential breaches of the national security law in the afternoon, after people shouted out protest slogans such as Hong Kongers at oil and making a hand gesture to signify five demands, not one less. Hundreds of people had turned up at the court and stayed for hours in a show of support for those arrested. If I cannot go inside, at least I come here to show my support. I'm very angry, of course, because I vote them and most of the Hong Kongers vote them and they represent us. We are here today because this is one of the ways that we can tell this authoritative regime that we will not budge and we will not stand down just because you arrest our people using a law that didn't exist at all when all these things happened. And we still are hopeful that one day we will find our freedom and we will not give up. Not like that. I think most of the people here think the whole thing is just outrageous and ridiculous. So they're just here to show support and let the government know we won't be bullied that easily. Police maintained a heavy presence throughout the day and dispersed the protesters as evening fell. Mainland officials and pro-establishment figures meeting in Shenzhen have reportedly agreed that electoral reform must be undertaken here to ensure that patriots rule Hong Kong. State media also reported participants concluded that national education must be boosted 
and the right political talent must be, chose, be chosen to strengthen governance in the SAR. Cecil Wong reports. Xinhua reports that Xia Baolong, the head of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, told the symposium in Shenzhen that the principle of patriots governing Hong Kong must be fully implemented in the SAR, saying this is the key to ensuring the stability and long-term development of one country, two systems. It said the forum was attended by mainland and SAR officials, as well as by representatives from various sectors in Hong Kong. Meanwhile, in a transcript newly published by the Bohemia magazine, Mr. Xia is also reported to have singled out Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai, jailed activist Joshua Wong, and former Hong Kong U legal scholar Benny Tai, describing the trio as the most vicious traitors who must be severely punished in accordance with the law. All three are facing charges under the national security law. Mr. Shah is also reported to have said that the principle of patriots ruling Hong Kong has yet to be securely established in education, the media, as well as among political and non-political organizations. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Health officials say they'll investigate whether an elderly man was suffering from the side effects of the coronavirus vaccine when he fell ill after receiving the jab. He's now in a stable condition in hospital, as Candace Wong reports. The 72-year-old man, who had hypertension, started developing heart palpitations on Saturday in less than half an hour after taking the Sinovac jab. Health chief Sophia Chan says the government would follow established procedures to assess what happened. Online appointments have now reopened for the citywide inoculation program for high-priority groups to book 270,000 Sinovac shots against COVID-19. About 800 and 30 private doctors will help administer 63,000 doses of the Sinovac jabs from tomorrow. People who would like to receive vaccines made by German drug maker BioNTag can start booking from Wednesday. There are 140,000 available spots at a handful of vaccination centres. Meanwhile, Hong Kong has recorded 14 new coronavirus cases, 11 of which were local cases. Five had no known source of transmission. And Hong Kong University microbiologist Yun Kwok Yung says bad ventilation at a restaurant in Chim Sa Choi may have been the cause of an expanding coronavirus outbreak there. 48 cases, including customers and staff at Mr Ming's Chinese Dining, as well as their close contacts, have been confirmed with one preliminary positive case. We find that the pipes carrying the air is very narrow. And then uh, when the uh, EMSD staff measured the fresh air that is being supplied, it is only one-third of the expected uh, amount. And that actually in an indoor situation with uh, such low degree of ventilation would definitely be, be disposing to an outbreak. Meanwhile, Professor Yoon said he's also inspected other parts of the K-11 Museum shopping mall where the restaurant is located and found the mall to be generally safe because ventilation is good. Meanwhile, the government's facing heavy criticism over serious delays in sending out coronavirus test results. People say they're waiting days to find out if they're infected or not, and an expert says this makes the testing meaningless. Wendy Wong reports. The authorities have been expanding testing in a bid to detect virus carriers, requiring workers in some sectors such as catering to get checked for COVID-19 regularly as social distancing rules are relaxed. Many people are also ordered to get tested when coronavirus cases are found at the workplaces. But callers to an RTHK program complained they waited for days for the coronavirus test results to come back. 
Ms. Wong said she waited for nine days after submitting a deep throat saliva sample. I was confused because I was told I would get the result within three days, during which I should stay at home, she said. Another caller, also a Ms. Wong, said she waited for a week. Our company didn't let us go back to work until we got the result. We had to take unpaid leave during this period. I lost thousands of dollars in salary, she said. A specialist in respiratory medicine, Long Chi Chu, criticized the government for suddenly boosting testing orders while failing to engage more private laboratories to do the work. We suddenly uh, changed the policy so that uh, lots of pe- uh, people need to get the test uh, within a short time. And yet uh, we haven't arranged uh, for the service. So we have not arranged for sufficient number of laboratories to undertake uh, the test. And that is the main problem. Dr. Leung said such a serious delay in results coming back renders the tests meaningless, saying the virus spreads most rapidly within the first few days of symptoms appearing. The newly elected leadership body of Chinese University's Student Union has resigned en masse, saying they no longer had a mandate to continue after they were pressured into withdrawing their manifesto. Last week, university management cut ties with the body, citing its refusal to clarify potentially illegal statements regarding the national security law. The group then withdrew their manifesto over the weekend, saying some members had received abusive phone calls and that they had been under immense political pressure. The group's leader, Isaac Lamb, said there was no longer any point continuing. The exco of CSU will not be able to take an interest in current affairs. And the university will only be able to accept associations that are indifferent to society. From the moment they released their statement, CSU has ceased to exist except in name. We cannot accept becoming an apathetic cabinet that goes against our conscience. The Chinese university issued a statement denying that it had intimidated or isolated the student union office or any other student group and accused the student body of distorting its actions. It said its action was based on alleged illegal and untrue statements by members of the organisation and stressed that it respected freedom of speech, speech, but university members had to respect the law. The new head of RTHK, Patrick Lee, has vowed to uphold editorial independence at the public broadcaster. Mr Lee is a veteran administrative officer appointed by the government to replace the former director of broadcasting, Leung Ka Wing, whose contract was due to end in August. He arrives in the wake of a review highlighting serious deficiencies in various areas at RTHK, including editorial oversight. Speaking on his first day on the job, Mr Lee said he would lead RTHK staff to serve the public with professionalism and impartiality. I will safeguard the editorial independence of RTHK as specified in the Charter. At the same time, ensure that RTHK fulfills the required responsibilities, serves the people of Hong Kong with professionalism, performs the functions of public broadcasting, and delivers high-quality and diversified programs and information to the public. Gladys Chu, the chairwoman of the RTHK Programme Staff Union, says she hopes the new station chief lives up to his pledge. She also urged Mr Lee to prioritise new headquarters for the station, describing the current buildings as dilapidated.
We believe that action speaks louder than words and we look forward to Mr. Lee complying with his own promise. We also look forward to his plans, concrete plans for the development of RTHK. As you can see, we are a really experienced but at the same time aged institution in terms of hardware. On our cardboards right now, we've shown to the public that we experience pipe leakage um, or even leakage during heavy rain. The Civil Service Secretary, Patrick Nip, has defended the promotion of a former director of the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department who was the target of an attack by a top pro-Beijing newspaper. Joanna Wong reports. Vivian Lau was named permanent secretary for food and health last week. But in an article over the weekend, Ta Kong Pao alleged that during her tenure as FEHD chief, Ms. Lau had adopted double standards towards the posting of banners and messages across the city during the unrest in 2019, allowing anti-government ones to remain while removing swiftly those in support of the administration. When asked about her appointment during a press conference, Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nib said the promotion of civil servants has an established mechanism and criteria, with the panel picking the best candidate. Mr. Nib added that with some senior postings, he himself would offer his assessment of the appointment. He also pointed out that permanent secretaries, like all civil servants, have already signed an oath to pledge allegiance to the SAR and the Basic Law. The government says it expects up to a quarter of jobless people who take the government up on its offer of low interest loans will end up in default. In such situations, the Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Christopher Hoy, says banks will be responsible for trying to recover the money. The government announced in last week's budget that those who've lost their jobs over the past year can get up to $80,000 as a low-interest bank loan that's fully guaranteed by the government. Mr Hoy told a LegCo panel that a 1% annual interest rate is meant to deter abuse. He spoke through an interpreter. We want to focus on helping those people who are affected by unemployment. At the same time, we want to avoid or prevent any moral hazards. So the 1% interest, if in the end the full amount of loan is repaid, we will give a rebate on the interest pay so to ensure the public funds are used properly and that is why we still have this one percent interest this will help increase the cost of default non-repayment and a reminder of our top stories tonight court proceedings drag on into the night for dozens of pro-democracy figures accused of subversion while hundreds staged protests in support of the activists outside the court during the day and mainland officials and pro-establishment figures plan an electoral overhaul for the SAR. The news from RTHK. Yes, thanks a lot. We'll have uh, more headlines coming up at uh, midnight. Don't. 
this hour with a knock three times um, from uh, simply credited to um, uh, Dawn uh, Tony Orlando uh, not actually named on the record uh, the actual singers were in fact Tony Orlando Tony Wine and uh, Linda November prior to the creation of Dawn uh, Dawn was the group's single it's kind of known now knock three times single by Tony Orlando and uh, Dawn the group uh, came out in um, 1970 knock three times all right um 18 minutes after 11 if you're expecting uncle ray Kadira, well he is taking some time off he's uh, still away but he will return to radio three uh you have me kevin lewis with you through until one all the way through this week and next week and as well after 11 we are on fm and stereo so it's am fm and online between now and one o'clock <laughs> Here's the Drifters from 1963. They say the neon lights are bright on See you. 